Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and we are traveling back in time today. Kind of, sort of. And I'll tell you what I mean. First of all, thank you for spending some of your extremely valuable time with me. This is going to be fun. A bunch of people suggested that for my maternity leave, I play some of the best of Primal Potential podcast. So this podcast has been, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just spoiler. I'm not going to do that, but kind of, sort of. So this podcast, I've been doing it since 2014, which is crazy to think we're halfway through 2021. I started it at the end of 2014. Even though this is episode 860-something, we have well over 900 episodes, probably closer to 1,000 than 900, because when I do bonus episodes and when I first started doing Q&As, I didn't really number them, so it's a little misleading. But I was like, what was the single most popular episode of the first year of the podcast. I thought it would be so interesting. And what we're going to talk about today isn't that episode, though I might I might do that. So I looked, the most popular episode of the first year of the podcast was Q&A 6. See what I mean? I didn't number them properly, correctly. I didn't know what I was doing. Still sometimes don't know what I'm doing. Q&A 6 was all about breakfast and how to make breakfast a fat-burning meal. We talked a lot more about nutrition in 2014. That was by far the most downloaded episode of the podcast's first year. It's only a 12-minute episode, though. So I was like, you know what? Instead of re-airing those most popular episodes, What if I went back and kind of redid it with my mindset now, my perspective now? Because, of course, you know, I can't listen to an episode from 2014 and not cringe a little about what I would say differently or how I would do it differently now, which is super normal and and fine with me. But I I just, (laughs) in my heart, I I couldn't bear to just air the 2014 episode. The second most downloaded episode of the first year was about why calories aren't king. Specifically, I think it was called why or how hormones trump calories. And I love that episode. It is still something I get a ton of questions about. The episode aired in early 2015, so certainly within that first year of the podcast because the podcast started in late 2014. But I want to I want to revisit it today. I Here's what I did. I downloaded the file from that original episode after seeing that it was the second most downloaded of the first year. 
And then I made a transcript of it, sent it in. There's a great site if those of you who are interested in this kind of thing, rev.com, R-E-V.com. And in minutes, they will take an audio and give you a written transcript of it. I actually used to use Rev back when the show had transcripts. Nobody downloaded them, so I stopped paying for them. But I have it here, and I kind of want to go through it with my 2021 take on things. As I said, back in the early days of the podcast, it was much more focused on nutrition and metabolism. What I have learned since then is that we can know all there is to know about nutrition and food and diets and fitness and all of those things and still fail to implement them, which is why I focus so much now on the mindset side of things. With that said, what I want to do is dive into this concept of why hormones trump calories to the extent to which calories do matter, the extent to which calories don't matter, and most importantly, what do we do about it? Knowing that calories aren't king, what do we do with that information, especially when our goal is something like fat loss? So we're just going to revisit this older episode, and you're going to get my current take on things. Let's first establish that when we're talking about something like weight loss, most people, I would say 99.9% of people, their goal is fat loss. Weight loss and fat loss are not the same thing. Yet a lot of people think of them as the same thing. We see this most often when people say, well, if I just eat more calories than my body needs, if I create this caloric deficit, as it's often referred to, then I'm going to lose weight. Maybe. That is one option. But let's say, let's say the answer is yes, you're going to lose weight. That weight isn't necessarily fat, which is what you want. When we just treat it this way, oh, all I have to do is eat less, exercise more, we're not taking into consideration the fact that if your body is in fact losing weight, that could be muscle. And that is not what the dramatic majority of people want. When we lose muscle, our body composition changes in a way that is not particularly flattering. That's why you see what's often referred to as like skinny fat look, the flabby look. Sure, the scale is going to go down, but your clothes are not going to fit better. You are not going to be looking in the mirror going, oh, I like what I see, more definition. No, you're going to see less definition. So I just want to get everybody on the same page as we start out. Fat loss and weight loss are different things. When we oversimplify, we tend to not get what we want in terms of an outcome. When we oversimplify calories, when we oversimplify weight loss, it usually doesn't work out well. Now, I'm not having this conversation as an intellectual exercise. Generally speaking, I don't think we need to know more. I think we need to do more with what we already know. But this is a really big misunderstanding that I was talking about in 2014 and 2015. It was super popular then. And so, as I said, we're just kind of revisiting it with my 21, 2021 take on things. 
when we think about eating fewer calories, calories are king. If I just burn more calories, I still have people in my Facebook groups every single week who think that the answer is to do more cardio, burn more calories, or eat less calories. It is not that straightforward. I want you to think about it this way. Do you believe that hormones impact your ability to burn fat? Most of you are like, well, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. How many calories do your hormones have? They don't, obviously, right? Same thing with sleep. Do you agree that sleep impacts your body's ability to burn fat or store fat? And most of you are like, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's there. The research is there. How many calories does sleep have? How many calories does stress have? It, it doesn't work that way. It is more complex than that. So here's how we're going to think about things. First, I am not saying that calories don't matter. They do matter. They do matter. For clarity, for all the messages that might come in, calories do matter. They just don't matter most. Back when I did this episode, I started off by talking about what exactly calories are because Our fundamental misunderstanding of calories is where a lot of this comes from. And most people who think I just have to eat less or I just have to exercise more and if I take in fewer calories or I burn more calories than my body needs, then I'm going to lose weight. Most of those people don't even understand what a calorie is. And I think that understanding is very helpful. Calories are a unit of measurement, okay? They are a unit of measurement in the same way that an inch or a mile or a degree is a unit of measurement. Calories are the energy currency of our body, all right? In a vacuum, which we are not, in a machine-type model, when you give your body more energy than it needs, the excess energy is stored, doesn't mean it's stored as fat though. If you give your body less energy than it needs, then it's going to have to make up the difference. One way your body can generate energy is breaking down fat, but it is not the only way that your body can generate energy. Your body can also generate energy by breaking down muscle. Here's the other thing. Okay, So we're not giving our body enough fuel with what we eat. And we think that's the way we're going to burn fat. Well, your body can burn fat. Maybe that's one option. Your body can also burn muscle. That's another option. But there is yet another option. Your body can become more efficient with the energy that it has. What does that look like? Slowing down your metabolic rate. Huh. How many of you have experienced that? I sure have crash diet. And now it seems like I have to eat less and less and less and less and less and less in order to get results because our body's goal is not, oh, let's help her look really amazing in her bathing suit this summer. No, no. Your body's goal is efficiency. So when we just treat this like, oh, all we got to do is eat fewer calories and burn more calories, we're oversimplifying it. But our bodies are smarter than that way of thinking. More often than not, 
when somebody just crash diets, cuts calories, or starts excessively exercising, the body's response is, let's get more efficient. Let's slow things down a little bit. There is a way around that. I don't want anybody listening to this right now to be like, I'm screwed. I'm damned if I do. I'm damned if I don't. False. This is why we have to understand that calories aren't king. This is why we have to understand how fat loss really works so that we don't just go drastically cutting calories or drastically increasing our calorie burn because we can work with our bodies here when we understand them a little bit better, okay? So think about it this way. When your body needs fuel or when your body has extra fuel and wants to store it, it has options. What that means is if you are over-consuming, giving your body more energy than it needs, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be stored as fat. Think about bodybuilders. They're not getting chunky. They're not getting chubby. Why? Because they're working with their bodies And most of that extra is getting stored in the form of muscle. This is why their muscles are growing. This is why they're getting stronger. Well, why doesn't it work that way for me? Why does it just seem like my arms just get flabbier or my belly just gets bigger? Because we're not working with our body. So when we take in extra fuel, our body has options. Our body can store it as fat, can store it as muscle, can increase the usage rate, increase metabolism, right? Same thing. When we're not giving our bodies enough fuel or our body's energy needs are greater than the fuel we're taking in, so that can happen because we're eating less, it can happen because we're exercising more, it can be a combination of both. Our body has options. It's not just burn fat. No, that is one option. Burning muscle is another option. Slowing down the overall metabolic rate is another I'm sure that many of you are now thinking, well, what determines which option your body takes, right? What, if that is true, okay, I get it. It can burn muscle, it can burn fat. It can burn fat or it can slow down the metabolic rate. It can build muscle, it can build fat. What decides which it does? Your hormones, your hormones, And it's not just insulin, though insulin is a player. It's also your stress hormones. And there's there's multiple stress hormones, right? We're not just talking cortisol, but cortisol is certainly part of it. Adrenaline is certainly part of it. There are all of these hormones that help your body respond intelligently. Many of us think of it in this oversimplified way, eat less, move more, lose weight, Our body is much more complex getting specific instructions based on what is happening in and around the body. Certain things trigger a stress response. When there is a stress response, your body doesn't want to give up those fat stores because in a a threatening situation, famine, illness, you need that. You need that. And your body doesn't necessarily know that this threatening situation is you deciding to go on a crash diet or you deciding to compulsively exercise. It just knows danger. In that, in that situation, 
Fat is an ally. Fat is a very valuable resource. And it's not just the physical stress caused by crash dieting. That is very stressful for your body. Your body's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is this famine? What's happening here? And it's not just the stress of being a a chronic, obsessive, compulsive exerciser, going too hard too often. It can be emotional stress. I talked a lot about this and my experience with it in the aftermath of the death of our daughter, Dagny. I was postpartum in a normal situation eating the way I was eating. My body would have absolutely burned the excess fat that I stored during my pregnancy. But in an emotionally stressful situation, plus a physically stressful situation, I just had a C-section, so there was compound stressors, physical and mental and emotional, my body was like, well, something's clearly wrong here. This fat is now a valuable resource we might need because your fat stores or your body's reserve and backup. Fat is a much more, I'm thinking of the right word here, a a much better source of fuel than muscle, okay? So if your body wants to make sure that it's got your back in the case of a famine or an illness or an injury, it doesn't want the muscle reserves because it's just not as good a fuel. It's kind of like we have a lot of bonfires in our yard, right? There's things that burn really well. There's things that burn really crappy. You know, either they burn fast and they're not a long sustaining fuel or it just takes a lot more to get them to burn. And so the the body is the same way with fat versus muscle. It wants to save the fat for these emergency situations and it's more likely to give up the muscle or slow the metabolic rate. And it's probably going to do a combination of both depending on the degree of what's happening in your body. I say this so that you understand we've got to work with our hormones, not against them. Another big stressor is sleep deprivation. That's why a lot of people can go on this crash diet and they'll say things like, Why is it that my husband can, you know, stop drinking beer and lose 12 pounds and all I'm eating is white fish and broccoli and I've only gained a half a pound? Well, could be that you're way more stressed out than your spouse. Could be that you're not getting as much sleep. Understand that those things factor into the results that you get because... They're giving information and context to your body. They're saying to your body, there's there's a lot of stress happening here. That's why I focus so much on, on mindset and stress reduction techniques and cortisol and hormones and all of that. Because for as long as I focused on just food and, and exercise, I was not getting what I wanted to get. What's important here to know is that your body has options. Whether you are somebody who wants to get fit and build muscle or you're somebody who wants to burn body fat, we have to work more intelligently with our bodies. The food part is absolutely part of it. And here's what's so significant about the food piece. Food influences your hormones too. So it's not just 
the stress of a dramatic calorie reduction that sends the stress signal or the stress of over-exercising or the stress of not sleeping enough, the stress of your job or just the fact that you're a high anxiety type of person at present, that can be changed. Food also sends messages to our hormones that influence the path our body takes when we're desiring body composition change. I'll give you an example. I don't know if anybody else has been through this before, but one of the approaches that I took for weight loss that never worked, for fat loss that never worked, was eating a crap ton of very low calorie foods. So think uh, this time, I mean, and this is, I'm sure Weight Watchers has changed a lot since then, so I'm not, I'm not ragging on Weight Watchers. But at the time, this was probably in the 90s, though I did it again in the thousands, I would eat a ton of fat-free microwave popcorn because I could have the whole bag and it was like two points. And then I would have a ton of sugar-free Jello because that was zero points. And I feel like my only goal was volume. My goal wasn't quality. The problem with that is that that sends a very different message to our hormones than the way I eat now, which is higher volume foods, but much more nutrient dense, okay? More calorie dense too, but avocado, eggs, cabbage, broccoli, salmon, all of those kinds of things. I'm thinking of some of my daily staples, getting in the protein, getting in the fats, getting in the fiber. I was not focused on nutrient density when I was focused on just eating very low calorie. This was in the craze of like snack wells, cookies. Again, not to rag on the brand. I don't even know if it exists anymore. But I felt like I could have six cookies for just a few points. I was giving my body zero in the way of nutrients. The goal was just eating fewer calories. Not effective. Not effective. It's not that calories don't matter. It's that hormones and things like nutrient density matter more. So when I have, let's just use the the example. When I have my cabbage salad, which is on my website, which is on my Instagram reels, that is my lunch most, most days, that sends a very specific message to my hormones about balance, about satiety, about fullness, about you know the the way that my body is going to process that more slowly and it's not going to hit insulin really hard, hit blood sugar really hard. If I had the same number of calories in fat-free microwave popcorn, that would send a very different message because blood sugar, insulin would be hit a lot harder. Leptin and ghrelin would respond differently. That is why We want to focus on foods that do not spike blood sugar, right? So your fats, your proteins, your fiber, that has got to be a lead domino. And foods that also trigger satiety. Everybody's different in terms of what satisfies them and what doesn't. And even what really satisfies you now might not satisfy you in the same way. I've gone through that with protein shakes. For years, they satisfied me, not the kind you buy in like a cardboard carton and you're just ready to drink it, uh, but the kind you make yourself at home. Again, my how I do a protein shake is on primalpotential.com. It's also on my Instagram, at Elizabeth Benton, if you want to get those details there. But 
for a while, they really satisfied me. Then for a couple years, they didn't. Now we're back to they really satisfy me. So know that that changes. But that's a big, big part of it. If I were to compare how much I could eat of my cabbage salad versus how much I could eat before fullness of microwave popcorn, oh, I could eat way more microwave popcorn. The caloric equivalent of cabbage salad, I could never eat that much. I could never eat that much because I would be stuffed. So satiety matters. Know what fills you up. I stay away from, personally, this is just me, I stay away from things like crackers and pretzels because they don't fill me up. I could eat an entire bag of tortilla chips. Seriously, I absolutely could. But I couldn't eat an entire bag of almonds, right? Because almonds fill me up way more. That's not just a feeling. That is indicative of what's happening from a hormone signaling standpoint, all right? That is absolutely indicative of what happens from a hormone standpoint. What fills us up, what is effective in filling us up and what is not is giving us information about what's happening on a hormonal level. So we want to focus on foods that are not going to send insulin out of whack. That's going to be protein. That's going to be fat from good quality sources. That's going to be fiber, right? And we want to focus on foods that satisfy us, not foods where we feel like we are a bottomless pit. And we could just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. eat. That is me with tortilla chips. You bring me to a Mexican restaurant, I could literally eat three baskets of tortilla chips and my dinner. That's why I don't have them very often. Now, I go into this on a maybe more granular level, way, way, way back, episode 002. Yeah, told you, way, way, way back, 002 of the Primal Potential podcast. But I wanted to kind of revisit it at the high level so that you understand why calories are not king and why your hormones are. There is so much more to it than what we have talked about today, but I just wanted to bring this conversation back to the forefront because it is something that I get a lot of questions about. If you want to understand more about this, if you feel like I just sort of scratched the surface, there's a few things you can do. On the free side of things, I have done so many episodes of this podcast on hormones. There's an entire hormone mini-series. So you can go to primalpotential.com. You can search Fat Loss Basics. You can search 002 and listen to that initial episode from a bajillion years ago. Uh, You can search insulin. You can search cortisol on primalpotential.com. You will see all of the episodes that I have done there. I also have a really affordable course that goes through all of this, calories, how they impact things and how they don't. Each of the hormones we talked about, I go into in detail. That course is called Nutrition Fundamentals and you can find it on primalpotential.com. So that is there for you as well. But those are a few things. The podcast, tons of episodes, those are totally free. Or if you want it to be more guided for you, more linear, no searching required, you can just go to primalpotential.com, go to the work with me page under shop, and uh, you will find the Nutrition Fundamentals course there if you want to learn more about it. But please know, tons of free information on the podcast. 
tons of information for, I think Nutrition Fundamentals is like $47 or something. And you have access to that for life. And it has, again, all the calorie info, all the hormone info, plus it has all the macronutrient information. If you feel confused about carbohydrates, there's a lesson on that. If you feel confused about fat, what's good, what's bad, what should I be eating, what should I not, there is an entire lesson on that. Plus, some of the micronutrients that we talk about, magnesium, or some of the supplements that we talk about, like probiotics or omega-3s, there's lessons on that. So just know there's a free way to pursue more on this if you'd like to. There's also the $47 way where you don't have to do any searching. But what I wanted to do today is just make sure that we really understand why calories are not king, what is, and what we can do about it. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Ladies, at Essentia Health, you're not just a patient. You're a partner in your healthcare journey. We'll get to the heart of your health questions, even the ones you're embarrassed to ask. We'll find solutions to fit your unique needs and lifestyle, because here, we're in it together. Feel confident in your care and in yourself. Schedule a women's health appointment with an Essentia Health provider today. Click the banner to learn more.